primarily due to fire. But that's exactly what investigators believe happened to the 47-story World Trade Center Building 7 on September 11th. I was watching with my roommate. It was approximately several minutes after the first plane had hit. I saw this plane come out of nowhere and just scream right into the side of the Twin Tower, exploding through the other side. And then I witnessed both towers collapse, one first and then the second, mostly due to structural failure because the fire was just too intense. The third total shot hit the president's head. His head could be seen to move violently forward. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science. Three, two, one, ignition. Right away, Houston. That's your I'd go to the moon in a nanosecond. Uh, the problem is we don't have the technology to do that anymore. We used to, but we uh, destroyed that technology, and uh, it's a painful process to build it back again. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. George, are you there? All right, here we go. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. All right, cool. All right. So, George, I I believe this is the third time I've had you on. And uh, we always have a great conversation, take deep dives. Uh, for those that don't know about your work, if you can give us a little bit of background. Yeah, for sure. Um, basically, long story short, uh, 24 years in the military i did five years in the national guards got out and then i went back in did 20 years spent a lot of time in iraq uh, a lot of things that you see uh on the news uh, a lot of those places i was at saw firsthand and um you know as i got older maybe a little wiser i started to realize that the things that they tell you on tv aren't exactly uh the truth and uh upon retirement i really um spent a lot of time really digging deep into these, whether it was uh, Desert Storm, 9-11. And uh, I was a uh, engineer in the military for much of my career. And I understood uh, using C4 demolitions and things like that. And that was very obvious, a demolition. And I was stationed in Hawaii the day that happened. And uh, nothing seemed right about that entire morning. Uh, unfortunately, I was in the military and uh, I ended up doing four to deployment so i didn't have a lot of time to to sit around and dig deep into the the quote-unquote conspiracy uh, conspiracy realm but if i re after i retired things slowed down i had my own business i spent a lot more time you know digging into these type of things and when i was convinced that you know everything going back to the spanish-american war um the lusitania um we talk about the gulf of tonkin incident certainly both iraq and desert storm 9-11 all of these things are kind of twofold maybe there's some organic uh, activities about of it most most of them are planned they are created and it's uh this is our end game how do we get there 
9-11, right? We want to enforce these new tyrannical laws. How do we do it? 9-11, COVID, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, three years ago, uh, you know, I lost a lot of good friends in Iraq, and I take these type of things very personally now, um, whether it's the 14th Quartermaster Detachment finishing my book. We're looking uh, at a Tuesday, April 4th release, and uh, I spend a lot of it talking about the 14th Quartermaster. Here's this little, um, they were a ROPU uh, unit, which is a reverse um, osmosis water purification unit. They could take their little trucks, drop a hose into the nastiest Iraqi river and clean drinking water would come out you know, with the reverse osmosis, you know, they didn't show up until like the middle of February. And at that point, really the, the, the war, I mean, the Iraqis were coming out, waving their flags. They hadn't eaten. Uh, the air force had completely destroyed their uh, logistical chain. These guys hadn't eaten. They were out of gas. And at this point we were really just picking people off, but for some reason they still decided to bring this little, you know, army reserve unit over from Pennsylvania I think they got into Saudi Arabia on the 19th of February, and just six days later, uh, they were the ones who that one Scud missile, you know, got through and hit the warehouse where they were sleeping. So these guys show up six days later, um, 13 soldiers and 43 uh, were wounded, and we were maybe a half a mile away from that happening. So as a 21-year-old young man, that was one of my first real, this is... <laughs> This is war type of moments, and that's something that has stuck with me to this very day. So a lot of these things I do, the podcast, the, the classic audio that I put up is just um, a fight against. And for those people out there who don't think we, this, we don't have a global government yet, just look at everything that's happened over the past three years and how every single country um, locked down together. We have a one world government. We have to do a better job of. Stop falling for the bait that these people keep dropping on the news and dividing us, you know, Republican, Democrat, this, that, and the other thing. We, we need to put our differences aside and stand up to this. Otherwise, things are going to get really, uh, really ugly in the very near future. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, as I go through my week, I have several podcasts that I listen to, you know, make my work day go a little quicker and and mentally stimulate myself and and just garner more knowledge as i go instead of listening to the same old song playing on the radio every 10 minutes <laughs> sure. and you george hobbs your show is one of my favorites and i'm not just saying that just because i have you here I, I truly enjoy it uh some of the classic audio bits that you play um it's it's awesome to hear even if you've already heard them before other times it's stuff that I've never heard. I mean, the other day you had one uh, with Edward G. Griffin on, on cancer. And holy shit, I love that that audio clip. Uh, you also, I mean, the, the, folks, if you want some great listening, uh, check out my man, uh, the Fact Hunter podcast. I mean, you're, I, I have to imagine you've hit that million download mark by now, have you? We're closing in. We're, I think we just eclipsed 750 some thousand, but we're at the point now where we're doing 
about 3,000 a day, but it's pretty awesome. interesting. Yeah. Uh, we on Amazon, we're, we're three spots ahead of Zero Block 30, which is a Barstool Sports podcast. So, <laughs> uh, And we're only one behind CBS News. So I, I really, and that's not a pat, me patting my back. This is, um, I think, a tip of the hat to people have understand that mainstream media is bullshit yeah. and they are looking out for other um you know media outlets to get their information from and i'm just you know i'm honored that people are catching on and listening yeah and deservedly so the way you go about it uh you very rational you're not you're not you're not on loony land and um and then you cover a variety of different topics, uh, current events, historical events. Um, one of the stories that I had no idea, and I only found out about it was through your show, was uh, the whole Jeremy Brown deal. And so for those that may have zero clue, maybe in that same boat where I was at, uh, if do you mind going into the whole Jeremy Brown, who he was, what got him in trouble, and so on and so forth? Yes, yeah, certainly. So Jeremy Brown, he's uh, attained the rank of Master Sergeant. He was U.S. Special Forces. As a matter of fact, in uh, the late 90s, he was actually the guy on the Special Forces recruiting posters. So, you know, if you were in a high school or wherever, you know, the military has their little ads, he was... Um, the, the poster child for for special forces and he had a very distinguished career uh, and was awarded two bronze stars so uh you know he's one of these guys and listen a lot of people like myself got caught up with trump we thought he was you know the good guy fending off evil and you know at the end of the day a lot of us most of us realize he's just uh you know a puppet like the rest of them but getting back to that he, he believed uh, in his heart that uh, the election was rigged. And, uh, you know, we have that First Amendment right to um, organize protest. He went, well, I should back up. So that event happened, obviously, January 6, uh, 2021. So December 5th of 2020, you know, people were had already been organizing for all of this, that the uh, FBI showed up at Jeremy's front door. And he had one of those ring um, things that can record conversations. And he has it on record, the FBI offering him to be an informant, a paid informant on January 6th. So obviously, if number one, if they um, did this to Jeremy, there's many others. And there's a lot of truth to the fact that, you know, Jeremy, uh, February, geez, January 6th was not organic and it was led by the FBI. And I think most people understand that. And the reason behind that operation happening was because the next time they crush your rights, they want you to be afraid of going to D.C. Anyway, he goes to D.C., uh, never even enters the building whatsoever. Um, and a few months later, I think either March or April of 2021, uh, he starts talking about the information and making this information public of, of how the FBI showed up to his house and wanted to make him a paid informant. You know, he was calling these guys out. Well, out of the blue, uh, I think he was getting ready to, he, he's got five daughters. He was getting ready to take one of them to cheerleading practice or something. Uh, 25 FBI and SWAT people roll up to his house and gunpoint, take them outside. Uh, and he's got one of these campers, like, you know, travel trailers. 
And uh, they go inside and they come out and they're like, oh, look at this. He has hand grenades. <laughs> Let me tell you something. As someone who's been in the military, um, hand grenades are <laughs> super sensitive items. You can't. And, and listen, you can go downtown. I could go to Wilmington right now and probably get a nine mil for three or four hundred dollars. You're not going to be able to get a hand grenade off the street. Maybe you can in, in some areas, <laughs> but that's not something you have laying around. So that was obviously planted. Some evidence uh, there was some other things that were planted on him, and uh, basically he had he just had his trial, and I think it was December twenty first. Uh, unfortunately, they found him guilty on six of ten counts, and he is facing fifty one years in prison. Fifty one years in prison. And if you think uh, I'd like to uh, pass this along to your listeners as well, if you think this is some kind of one off situation, please go visit my friend Rudy Davis's website. It's called I hate the FBI dot com. I hate the FBI dot com. And you will see nothing but a list of uh, American patriots who have been set up by the government. Uh, everything from Schaefer Cox, you know, this guy that was running uh, for for uh, I think congress in alaska one of their jurisdictions and um he's dismayed too he was very dismayed with the government and um again the constitution says you're allowed to have a well-regulated militia he set up this website he had two thousand people in alaska sign up for it and the same thing they rolled up they set him up and he's in jail i think for 20 years he still has another 10 so th this is something that our government does and you'll hear the White House talk about Iran and China, Russia, <laughs> Russia. <laughs> We've got a lot of problems right here. Yeah, we hear all these political prisoners. And that's the thing. The the further you go into this rabbit hole and digging through conspiracies, past, present and and, and whatever, you start to see the pattern that we like to our country we like to criticize these other countries we like to criticize china for their communist state and yet our government is trying to copy their surveillance state mm -hmm. we are our country loves to criticize russia for how they crack down on the press where is our freedom of speech these days we have none and so nope. we're living in an illusion that we are free and, and that to me was the biggest red pill uh because you know as a kid i had this fantasy in my head that oh we're living in the free world you know and, and i suppose it could be worse but i mean we we can't live in this uh in this la la land that we are we are free i mean we we are enslaved and I mean, you, you've covered the whole Federal Reserve uh, with, with some of your classic audio bits, and that all ties in. Uh, but going back to this uh, Jeremy Brown deal, um, I know your, your, your stance on, on Donald Trump. You were a supporter, and you caught on. Um, <laughs> I was never a supporter, but I don't support any of these clowns, whether it's Biden. Precisely. Uh, yeah, they're all the same. Yep. They, no matter who they put in front of us, it's, it's again, going back to that illusion to think that we have a savior. Uh, I, I spoke with uh, uh, Ryan Christian of the Last American Vagabond last week, and he, oh, wow. he was talking about the release valve mechanism. Basically... 
when we the people start catching up to a lot of their farces, a lot of the bullshit that they feed us, they'll they'll let go some of that release valve. They'll give us some truth, if you will, just to keep us satisfied. Oh, you know, well, at least they admitted this, but it's just the release valve mechanism because they can't contain this uh, anymore. And we're seeing that with the COVID stuff. But going back to the January 6th, I see some of these people online to this day, all these hardcore lefties that are brainwashed by the propaganda, uh, bring up January 6th as a serious insurrection. And and you guys have heard, we, uh, George and I, we're not fans of Trump, but we have to call the bullshit where it is. And this whole January 6th is exactly that. Now, I don't know if he was on in it or if they caught him by surprise. I, you know, that I, I guess that's to everyone's speculation. But uh, when with, with Jeremy Brown, did he touch on that or has he hinted at, you know, whether Trump knew about it or? or, or oh, so when it? I interviewed, I interviewed him from prison and I, yeah. I sent him a very long letter. And I will tell you, when I was typing that letter, I tried to put myself in his position. Uh, here's a guy who had been uh, locked up for almost a year, and I didn't know when I first sent him a letter to reach out to him. I didn't know his his what his current stance on Trump was, but I always my, my mantra is be honest no matter what. So uh, in my letter to him, I reached out, told him I was military and I was supporting him. But then I wrote an entire paragraph. I said, I, I really hope you're still not a fan of Trump. I, I hope you can see um, that he is part of the the distraction he's part of the the you know the world stage it's you know the, the fact that people think that he and the clintons hate each other that's one of the things you know and that was well played by them right 2016 you know hillary clinton is one of the most loathed people uh, in the world and they put him out and just i fell into that trap that i never do is look to that hero and i always tell people the only people or the only person that's going to save you is the person in the mirror. Uh, but I learned my lesson. And I, I told Jeremy, I said, I really hope you understand that he is part of the swamp. And I gave him many examples. I cited many examples of people he uh, put in his administration that not only did he not drain the swamp, he, he flooded the swamp uh, with uh, these global alligators. And I got the letter back in the mail and I was very nervous and I opened it up. And he said, no, he said, I'm never been more disappointed in my life i said you know imagine this part of the reason that guy has been in jail for about 15 months now and is looking at 51 years is because of this guy and he hasn't heard a word from him nothing you know just completely left flapping so you imagine all these people who lost their freedom because of this guy so yeah he no he's completely off of trump and understands now like many of us understand that they're the left and the right you know, wing belong to the same uh, bum ass bird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that's why I wanted to hear, you know, I haven't heard much about Jeremy Brown, you know? Um, and so to get an update, it sounds like he's going to be getting sentenced in, uh, March 13th. Is that correct? Yeah. And I'm, I'm kicking around the idea. It's about a 12 hour drive for me. I'm, we're, deciding if where, where i should go down there or not uh he is in what's the name of the county uh i want to say it's by tampa yeah because i'm i'm south of tampa man i'm i'm 
in Sarasota County, and so the county north of me is Manatee, and then uh, then of course you got uh, Tampa. So I'm only a, an hour uh, south of Tampa. So I I could have sworn you said Pensacola, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I know he's in Florida. Uh, yes, for sure. <laughs> but God, are are you planning on making a a visit and maybe try? To- we're, we're seriously thinking about it. Um, hmm. That's something I'll have decide here in the next few weeks because yeah. uh, I'll drive. I'll, I will never where, fly again. Where are you but at again? I'm in Delaware. Delaware, okay. Yeah, it, it's a 12-hour drive for me. 12-hour? Mm. But, you know, that's, you know, he's kind of a brother in arms and he's, you know, he really stood for what he believed in. And, um, you know, although I may disagree with someone, someone to have that kind of conviction, I, I really have a lot of admiration for. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like it's driving 12 hours is not really much of a, sacrifice for someone who's looking at 50 years in prison yeah. you know yeah 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 for sure um man i mean I, I don't know what the word patriot to me means anymore um, yeah it's, I, i've got mixed feelings but it, it all these words get thrown around all the time if you want to call someone a true patriot that's that's a guy right there uh, put everything on the line, uh, even before January 6th, by serving sure. his country. Um, and now he, it, the government didn't give a shit about him. This is why I don't consider myself a patriot anymore. <laughs> because at the end of the day, unfortunately, the government doesn't care, uh, doesn't give a damn about us. All these wars that we're in, they're bankers' wars. Um, yep. And we're just pawns, but I mean, that's a guy that was truly dedicated to the cause, and unfortunately, you know, he finds himself in this thing. So we gotta, we gotta keep him in our thoughts, um, and uh, hope for the best. Um, hopefully, they don't try to make an example of him at the end of the day, because that, that's what I'm really worried about. By the way, yeah. he's, he's in Pinellas County. Pinellas, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's near Tampa. I, for some reason, I thought Pensacola. Maybe because I have uh, Ghislaine Maxwell in the back of my head as well. I was thinking they were probably in the same prison system. Uh, I think uh, Ghislaine is over in the Pensacola area. Oh, is she down in Florida? Yeah. <laughs> she's a model <laughs> prisoner down there, man. She's reading <laughs> playing tennis, erotic novels. Uh, she's a model <laughs> prisoner, apparently. Uh, another joke of the yep. justice system. I I, I, mean, I even have questions. I know this sounds loony to some, but I even have questions that she's actually in prison. I think it's all photo ops. Uh, oh, I believe that 100%. She's probably in Israel right now. Yeah, yeah. She's just doing photo ops, a couple yep. articles here and there. Um, it, it's just funny how all these people that laugh at us for believing in conspiracies, they think that we're the ones off, you know, have the most outlandish theories and thoughts but they never bothered to question okay why this was one of the most notorious pedophiles of all time and no cameras in court but yet the amber and johnny depp trial was full of cameras Uh, they they never paused to think about this they just rather laugh at you rather than um then take the deeper dive and, and that's that's part of the issue, uh, the the propaganda. Um, I've been, I'm 
I just finished. Uh, <laughs> sorry, listeners, if I say you've heard me say this for the last couple of episodes, but I'm going to do this. Um, I just finished reading uh, Mein Kampf, uh, Volume One, Volume Two, and I was I felt dirty when I first started listening to the audiobook, you know, because of what we've been told. You know, anything yeah. Hitler is terrible. How yeah. dare you say anything good about the man? Uh, and you quickly realize that not just with that, but with any other issue, um, you can isolate things. You don't have to go in 100% all in or 100% all out. You can right. isolate certain things. And it seems like a lot of people have a hard time doing that. I'm Mexican-American. I read his views on race. I think he's dead fucking wrong. And if I was to debate that son of a bitch, I would wipe the floor with him on race. <laughs> That's not to say that some of the other stuff that he said were, he had some decent points. Um, and the way, it's an interesting thing. One of the, you know, I, I even though I felt dirty reading Mein Kampf, it was always interesting to me. I wanted, I wanted to get my own take on it because you'll hear liberals say Hitler was a religious conservative. You'll hear conservatives say he was a liberal atheist. And so I I, I was like, what is the damn truth? <laughs> both sides, you know, either one is wrong or, or maybe they're both wrong. That's right. And as I read through this book, it, that, that was the other thing. I, I wanted to understand how a entire nation could get behind uh, someone like that. We're told he was crazy. He was stupid. He was an idiot. He was a misfit. We we hear all this shit, which could could be true. I mean, we weren't there, but it, it you just get this slant it, as I'm reading these reviews about Hitler and his life and all this stuff. And there's obviously an agenda. And if you believe the official story, then rightfully so. But I wanted to find the damn truth. And so, as I'm reading through this book, I was fascinated. Most of it is not anti-Semitic. Mm -mm. Now, when he does go anti-Semitic, he goes hard in the paint. <laughs> yeah, does. He does. I, I'll up. make no qualms <laughs> about it, but in a book that's roughly 2,000 pages long, you know, volume one, volume two, it's not very much. I think someone I read somewhere it was about, he says the word Jew 375 uh, times in a book with over 2,000 pages. I mean, I don't know what the math on that is, <laughs> but um, it's not very much. And he does dedicate a entire chapter on, on the race, like I, you know, before mentioned. Uh, but what fascinated me and what grasped me was I was like, man, he can write. Say what oh, yeah. you want about the man, but yeah. he could write. And. It was a historical, he was going through the history of World War One, talking about propaganda, talking yeah. about all that good stuff. And that's the stuff that captivated me because a lot of the stuff that I was reading, I'm seeing it play out right now. Um, I'm sorry about that little rant, but I, I, I suppose where I was going with that is what, and you've covered some, um, many, many historical events. What would you say in your mind is probably the biggest event in which 
the history is nowhere near what we have been told. For, for, for many years, honestly, I, I thought it was World War II in that time frame between 1933 when Hitler took power till 1948 when the, the state of Israel's, uh, Israel was established. Um, but, you know, recently I did the series on the prelude to World War One and all the damage that Woodrow Wilson did, and I don't think it's that far apart. I, I did want to touch on one thing. If you remember, Mein Kampf was published right about in the mid twenties, I think nineteen twenty five. Nineteen twenty two is when he wrote it, um, and it wasn't published in America in English, or I'm sorry, until I want to say the thirties, man. And they oh, no and kidding. when it was edited, the American press took out the propaganda part really yes that's a very that, small fact that people don't realize why would uh, you no censor the propaganda yeah. aspect of it because hitler was dead on on his propaganda views he didn't yep. hide it he nope. straight up told everyone what propaganda was for and how it was effective or unsuccessful and maybe that's why the american uh press uh publishers took that uh, propaganda chapter out very small fact that a lot of people don't know and and hitler you have to try to put your again this book was written 100 years ago so you have to try to put yourself in that time when he was writing it and he knew that the truth about uh the spanish-american war that uh <laughs> about the USS Maine. It blew up on its own. They had an accident. It wasn't Spain sabotaging anything. And he, uh, you have to remember two things. Number one, uh, Russia had just um, had the Bolshevik Revolution and was that 1918, 1919. And that was very much um, a, a Jewish oligarch that was uh, heading the overthrow of the Russian government. At the same time, in 1925, you're halfway through Weimar Germany, and basically Weimar Germany is what you're seeing in the United States right now. You're seeing a lot of debauchery, um, the government pushing the trans agenda and these type of things, which the government has no business whatsoever being involved in. And um, Germany was in a very bad place, and he was very much a nationalist, albeit a socialist, right? Yeah, um, that, that's what I mean. He 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 intermingled views from the left and the right eugenics absolutely he, there's no he way was you very call into scienti scientism but he also yeah. respected religion he said uh religion had its place and people and then you look at the people he surrounded with he had a protestant in rudolf hess he had a yep. catholic in joseph Goebbels. Goebbels mm -hmm. and he was all over the map man so when people try to pin him and pigeonhole him in one thing they're completely off and it, it, i'm starting to get the the sense that in many ways he got saddam hussein he got omar gaddafi 100 uh, and so that's not to say that i'm saying he's a good guy he's a piece of shit he enslaved people 100 percent and he i'm sure he ordered the killing of many people now i will dispute the official number yeah i don't think it was quite six million but at the same time i'm starting to learn that's uh not the argument worth having because uh it that was brought up on twitter a couple of weeks ago i think i retweeted it and that account was gone that's again. what got you <laughs> yeah it was a retweet it wasn't even i didn't even say anything damn 
I wanted to ask you that, so I'm glad you got <laughs> I was gonna ask you what got you. Got you I'm like, jeez, I thought I thought I thought uh Elon was our knight in shining armor. Oh, I thought no. we were gonna have free speech. Did you really not. think he you he... No, absolutely not. Oh, okay. I was gonna say this, I, I... this is a guy who uh, champions putting chips in your brain. Yeah, I've never yeah, liked that yeah, guy for a yeah, second. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's part of that release valve mechanism as well, where he's put in to say things so that we you know, people that like-minded folks get behind them. That's the champion for free speech. And yet, you're one of those people he got rid of. Uh, he still hasn't let Alex Jones, even though I think Alex Jones is a shill 100%, sure. but he hasn't let Alex Jones on. Why? Because he's got kids. What the hell does that have to do with anything? You know, uh, it, it's just stupid reasoning. It just seems like he's just banning people who he wants. Um, and, and it's more of that show, uh, you know, that <laughs> feeds into it. Um, but I, I've been shadow banned. I've, you know, I've got thousands of followers on Twitter, so it looks nice. You know, it's like having a nice suit that you don't get to use. Uh, but every time I tweet, man, I get like 20 people looking at a goddamn post. Out of thousands yeah. of people, yeah, I'm, I've been shadow banned for a long time, so I, I use it mostly nowadays just to have it. That's why I don't post <laughs> too much controversial shit. <laughs> I don't want to lose it, but because it, it's that censorship, man. Uh, yeah. When I lost my channel on YouTube, that was several thousand subscribers big. It, it not only affected my YouTube standing, it affected me everywhere on the Google algorithm everywhere because it's all connected. A lot of people Absolutely. don't realize it. And so you get censored there. You get canceled there. It, it's just hard, man. Um, it's been a real grind to try to recover from that. But uh, what are you, what are your thoughts on? Um, well, I guess you kind of answered it on the whole <laughs> Twitter mess with Elon. What about the Twitter files? What, what are your views on that? Uh, I've found that most of the Twitter files they dump on Fridays and Saturdays when nobody's paying attention. So again, that's just them um, pressure release valve saying, look, we did it. We left it out. Um, but th the word I use on my program most of the time is accountability. And you can say that, look, we found these files in Joe's garage and this guy's tax return and that guy's whatever until I see one person on the world stage um, you know, get, get escorted away in handcuffs. I, yeah. I just, it, it, it just doesn't phase me anymore. It's all, yeah. it's all circus and bread, man. Yeah, nothing's gonna happen to Trump. Nothing's gonna nope. happen to Biden. No, nope. uh, it's Fauci, just bullshit, none of them. Yeah, it's it. it I don't know. Um, if if people haven't realized it, that it's, I I say this all the time, but it's just like wrestling, man. WWE wrestling. Oh yeah, uh, it's just a big smoke and mirror show uh one of the interesting audio classic audio bits that you played uh a short time ago was the rebroadcast of war of the worlds man yeah um let's talk a little bit about that because there's probably some people that may not know what that was about uh but Give that was an eye-opener for me because i did a podcast on it about a year year and a half ago and I, I didn't know to the extent, and it goes, I think it was 1938, 1939. Um, they, they played it on the radio, and they kind of did, we interrupt this program, and they made it sound like it was kind of a, 
a big deal and it to the tune of i think uh, forgive me if the number's wrong but this is number stuck in my head uh, seven million people called emergency services in the country that night and i think that was the day when people like edward bernays and the rest of the people at the high levels of our government understood if you put it out on mass media people are going to believe it even something as uh, as silly as aliens invading us yeah yeah i was going to say can you tell people what war of the worlds was and uh, yeah, sure. Happen. It was uh, so it was uh, October 30th, 1938. It was on the CBS radio network and it was uh, basically just uh, a Martian invasion. <laughs> Literally, a Martian invasion was taking place. And again, a few of the listeners understood it was, uh, um, you know, it was a script and uh, it was unbelievable the panic that took place. Uh, around our country and again millions and millions of people were calling emergency services and freaking out there was some report i shouldn't laugh sorry but there was some reported suicides people freaked out to the to the uh to that level of extent and you know we talk about back in the 80s i think 87 september 87 when reagan made his famous speech talking about if there were some alien event that would bring us together you know kind of to bring a one world government where we could all stand side by side to fight the evil martians uh, i think you know for a minute there i thought they were going to bust out uh, some type of project blue beam type of operation to bring about a one world government because i believe they certainly have the technology to pull it off and um, with so many people believing in NASA and things like that, I think they could pull, I don't know to what extent, but I think a lot of people would fall for it. Yeah, I, I've taken little, little dives here and there on Operation Bluebeam. And yeah, that when I listened to that rebroadcast you put up the other day on War of the World, I'm like, God damn, I forgot about this. And, and this is what I mean by with you posting some of these classic audio bits. There's things maybe we've heard about it in the past, but once you really listen to it, um, it refreshes it and and listen to it really captivated me. I can see how people were freaking out, man, because it didn't seem like a joke. They, no, it it seemed like they were dead serious. <laughs> and so this is the time where most people didn't really have TVs. You know, everyone's just sitting around the radio. That's uh, right. And, and and so they're having to visualize this happening. And so when you know that and you, you know, the government knows that most people don't have TVs. So let's just if we do an audio version, how are they going to know we're faking it? You know, right. get some good, some good voice actors. It, it's going to be the real deal. And I, I, I mean, it was definitely a psychological test and bringing it and relating it to our current times. I think this whole COVID narrative was just a big psychological test. See how far they could push us. Yeah. See how far the fear um, would take us. Uh is that one of the reasons why you played it or, or what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, that is. I think a lot of these times, I think they are. I don't like to use the word IQ test, but I think some of these elitists like to play games with us and they're sit around and say, you know, what do you want to bet? X percent of people are going to fall for this next uh, narrative. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting how divisive that whole, especially, you know, 2020, I specifically remember sitting at our thanksgiving table and, and getting absolutely uh belittled by the rest of my family and uh, some of my family members raising their voice uh telling me that you know i'm selfish and um 
you know, how could you not consider getting the vaccine uh, when such a deadly and nobody wanted to listen to me. But, you know, here we are a couple years later. Um, the, the same people who were belittling me are saying, wow, did you see this guy die today? Did you see this guy die today? And I think, you know, most people, even the people who did, unfortunately, uh, get the vaccination are coming to understand that it was a pretty nefarious plan. And um, there's a lot of vaccine regret out there, I believe. Yeah, yeah, 100 um, percent. What's troubling is. That there's still a ton of people that are going along with the narrative. Oh, I know um, it's so sad. They are still just get the goddamn vax. Just shut up and get the vax. You know, still that condescending attitude. And those are the people that you'll never reach. So to see some people that may got may have gotten a booster or two, but are now waking up. These are people we need to we need to embrace, even though they may have laughed at us and and jeered us at the very beginning. We need to try to forgive them because at the end of the day, it's going to be the numbers, and we're it's not going to help us if we just start ostracizing. Oh, I told you so, and all this shit. That's right. You know? We we, we got to show a little bit of love and compassion, um, and it, it's just in in Delaware. How are you seeing things? Uh, it, I know recently in Florida, it's been. If the federal government would try to bring mandates, Florida has basically thrown out a big FU. I saw that DeSantis is good, doing a good job there. Yeah, yeah. I I like the shit he says, again, but I don't trust any of these guys. Likewise, uh, same here. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a Zionist, 100%. Yep. Yeah, two uh, times Zionist of the year. <laughs> Award winner, literally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but that being said, I mean, that whole issue with florida not complying i mean that that's great stuff Mm -hmm. how's delaware doing so delaware was very specifically in 2020 they were very tyrannical they were very much uh telling people you were either essential or non-essential um it was bad and i don't remember telling you but i mean my wife lost her job she's in the medical she's a registered nurse and uh you know last year or i guess it was 2021 now maybe the fall whenever they started doing the job or jab um she lost her job because she refused to take the vaccine so she ended up being a a travel nurse for a while and then she finally found a a place local a, a rehab center that uh doesn't uh you know, do the vaccine mandate. There are still uh, in this state, there's still a couple of facilities that require the vaccine if you want to work there. And I'm here to tell you, man, I don't know if you guys know to this, probably not as much in Florida, but the medical industry has been decimated here, man. So many people uh, lost their jobs because of the vax mandate. So they've shot themselves in the foot. There's a lot less uh, nurses and doctors than they should have. Uh, back in the day, my wife would never have more than five, maybe six patients, um, you know, a, a day. And now she sometimes has 10, which is twofold. Number one, the, you as the patient, you're not getting as much uh, attention as you should. Number two, that's putting um, the nurses and the doctors license at risk if they make a mistake. So the, the medical industry is really teetering uh, on bad times. As a matter of fact, there's a website you can go to to check your local er times and i've seen one of our bigger hospitals here a 24-hour wait time to be seen it's just terrible what this whole thing has uh resulted 
Yeah, out here in Florida, it hasn't um, been as bad. And I think part of it because it was laissez-faire. <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing yeah. it correctly, but uh, they didn't really mess with us here, man. Uh, and I think it, it depended on where you were at. If you were in a quote-unquote bluer part of the state, then you may have uh, suffered what a lot of the other people across the nation were going through. But if you were in a red county, I was in a hardcore Trump 2020 county, so we were good <laughs> here. And, you know, through the nature of my work, I could be in three different counties any day of the week. Oh, wow. Florida counties. So... Ever since COVID, that was one of my biggest red flags, were you know, or or things that made me question the whole propaganda and fear porn that we were getting fed regarding COVID. Um, everywhere, if, no matter if I was in this county, if I was in that county, or in my county, whatever, shit didn't change. People weren't masked. Bunch of old people. Median age is in the 70s. If I would have gone with what was being pumped through the TV and, and, you know, being pushed through the mainstream propaganda, I should have seen corpses of folks all over the place in my town. And that never happened. And so once that happened, I, I, the, the jig was up for me. And that is one of my biggest rebuttals to these, you know, when I get on these little online discourses or discussions with these people that still believe in the narrative. And, and shit, I went to visit my my folks in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was. And my, I hate to say this, but my parents are all boosted out. You know, they they listened to Univision and yeah. they, that's what they needed to do. And yeah. same here, man, you can only do so much, man. You know, I'm not yeah. proud to say that. I'm sad that my parents did Me it. Too. But that's, it is what it is. They fell for the propaganda, but this is the same thing that I'm telling you right here is what I told them. I, why I didn't see none of this shit. That wasn't my reality. Your reality is based on what's being fed through the mainstream propaganda outlets to you that's what that's your reality but go outside none of this shit is real man it's all fear porn and it's just it, i don't know what are your thoughts on that i'm gonna, I, you I'm know, gonna that, lose my shit in a minute <laughs> yeah, yeah no i feel the same way wheezy it bothers me to no extent you know I, i've said many times these people will trust a guy in a white lab coat on tv that they've never met before more than someone they've known for 50 years i'm talking about me and that that just strikes me as just implausible i'm like and like what you said how do you not still to this day we're we're almost three years into this scam uh we went to sam's club the other day we go into town you know once or twice a month to get supplies and sure enough there's still a lot of people uh wearing masks um in their car by themselves wearing masks mm. outside wearing masks and that you know i think first i feel bad for them and then second i think man they really uh really scared the hell out of a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing you know i, I don't want to keep focusing on mine Conv. i'll do an episode i'm gonna do an episode later on guys but um hitler talked about fear 
Fear yep. was a powerful it's a hell of a weapon to get people to comply. Um, and, <laughs> and so that's, you know, some people make the argument that the Nazi party wasn't defeated. The Nazis didn't lose the war. They just reinvented themselves. And, and that's one of those things that I'm still diving into as I go through history, trying to make that connection because it's it's all over the place and so whenever i i don't know i'm still digging into it i'm still playing thought experiments in my head regarding it but when you look at operation paperclip uh sure you look at the nazis once they took control they censored the shit out of everyone what are people doing now And, and, and this is not to say it's only the lefties censoring if you could be a lefty going against the narrative and you'll be censored. So at the end of the day, the, the common denominator is don't go against the mainstream narrative or you will be censored. And that's what the Nazis were doing. Uh, this whole thing with depopulation has eugenic roots. And so there's a good case to make that that the Nazis are, you know, they didn't really lose. Um, what are your thoughts on that? On that thought? No, you're spot on. There's a very famous saying that the Nazis didn't lose the war; they just relocated. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and, um, I, I, I interviewed uh, Gerard Williams, the late Gerard Williams. I, I recently found out he passed away last year. Oh wow! And um, he worked in uh, the History Channel's uh, Finding Hitler. I believe that's podcast in the 30s. I can't remember exactly what number. So if anyone's interested, uh, listen to that podcast. This is Gerard Williams was a quote unquote premier journalist, worked for Reuters, worked for BBC, didn't believe any conspiracies. He thought they were silly, but it was kind of kind of weird hearing him say that i didn't want to fight with him he was my guest you know i didn't want to argue with him he was my guest so i, got, I had to make him feel welcome but i'm like wait a minute what you propose many would view as a conspiracy theory and he proposed that hitler never committed suicide the evidence for that claim isn't there and yet whenever you hear the official story on Hitler's death, we, what do we hear? We, we hear that they, the Allies were closing in on him and he committed suicide. Correct. Sam. And there is no evidence for that. No. None. No verifiable evidence. But people will spew that out on the mainstream sources. I was listening to some documentaries on YouTube and whatnot, trying to get more knowledge and whatnot. And when it comes to this Hitler death, it's always, they say it like it's a matter of fact. And it, and it kept reminding me, you could repeat something a million fucking times. It doesn't make it true. And so the evidence that Gerard Williams put forth that Hitler escaped Germany, he made it to Argentina along with thousands of other Nazis. And this right. is verifiably true yep. through Operation Paperclip. The evidence for Hitler escaping is far stronger than the official version that we're told that he committed suicide in some goddamn bunker in germany um and and when you look at operation paperclip it makes all the more sense like some kind of pact was made who knows i mean i this is what i mean that i'm still digging in trying to figure out trying to get to the bottom of it uh 
But this is what I mean. I mean, bits of the Nazi regime exist to this day. Yeah. And, you know, one, uh, a couple takeaways from that. You talk about how people are quick to say, oh, no, um, Hitler committed suicide. Um, that <laughs> I think that all goes back to our indoctrination system. Uh, our, you know, we're told um, between the ages of, you know, five and 17 uh, what we're supposed to believe. And we don't really, at least I didn't growing up, I didn't question anything. If it was in the textbook, it was truth, right? Uh, you know, Columbus sailed around the world in 1492 or, you know, all the different things they say in the history books. John F. Kennedy was killed by John Wilkes Booth. We went to the to the moon or, on July 20th, 1969. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln, uh, John, John Wilkes Booth. Yeah, exactly. It's all just a scam. And, and when you get those people who automatically deflect, oh, no, it is Hitler committed suicide because the uh, troops were closing in. You can just tell there's no getting through to those people. Uh, but you're 100 percent correct. He uh, whether there was even a body or not, or Hitler did have many doubles, they could have very easily um, offed him like a lot of people believe uh that they offed saddam hussein's double that he's even still alive to this day but that's a whole nother uh, can of worms oh yeah he was dead december 25th 2001 you can still find uh, the fox news story online uh reporting the death of osama bin laden uh december 25th 2001 to, to kidney failure uh, yeah there's so many alzar kawi didn't he die get reported as dying and then yep. coming back and then dying yep. and then coming back I got mean, more lives they than keep killing brothers, him, and then he comes back and, and <laughs> commits false flags and then he dies again and he, he just keeps resurrecting <laughs> it's, it, it's a joke and, and people don't bother to do any other legwork like you said no. you hear it on the tv it, if I heard it on Fox News, if I heard it on MSNBC, it must be true. I, I shouldn't question that any further. Clearly, these guys done the legwork for me. But again, these people don't understand Operation Mockingbird and, and how the intelligence agencies are embedded in the damn media. Anything right. you hear on the media, as spicy, as wild as it may seem, is because it was meant. It got, it got the green light. Even if it's shitting on intelligence agencies or the military or whatever, if you hear it, it was already green lit. You're that's not going right. to hear anything on accident uh, that's juicy and, and salacious. No, journalism has been dead for a long, long time. Yeah. yeah at, it, at the mainstream level, at least. Yeah, the the agendas are, are clear. And, and this is why, you know, we, we try to do our part. I... And, you know, you do your part by putting a lot of the classic audio bits and, and taking deep dives into many subjects. Uh, when you've taken some of your deep, deeper dives, and sh I should have asked you, what, what kind of time frame? I don't I don't want to disrespect your... Um, I, I can go to about 6.15. I can do another 20 minutes. Okay, 20 minutes. Good thing I asked you, man. I would have... No worries, brother. I would have kept you for it's, like it's been too long, hours. and uh, <laughs> I, mean, I appreciate you and your show, and um, I didn't have a chance because I got on it the last second. I hope your family's doing well. No, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, they're they're good. Um, it's uh, they're getting big, man. Time flies. You got it. Yeah, you're not enjoy. kidding. Uh, and um, 
I did want to ask you about your chickens too, man. You, I'm, I'm oh, sure I'm you're like enjoying Scarface them. now, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are, are you the local mobster with the eggs? <laughs> I, oh yeah. Say hello to my little chicken. And uh, <laughs> but hey, this is a true story. We have our auctions now. It's winter. We have it every other Wednesday, but from March till. Uh, November. It's every Wednesday. Um, wholesale. This is at an auction. This isn't at a store. Um, our, our eggs went for $4 a dozen wholesale the other day. Um, I got reports from some people in Massachusetts. They went to Walmart. They paid $4 for six for a half a dozen. Jeez. I'm seeing a lot of $8 and eight fifty. But yeah, we're getting a dozen a day and uh, we take care of our family and friends. But whatever we have left over every other Wednesday, we go to the auction and uh, we get a few bucks to help pay for their feed and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's wild. That was one of the few things that I did in preparation for what I thought was going to be a lot worse. Luckily, it hasn't been as bad as I thought. But, I mean, we're still not nowhere near done. So, no. um, the potential is definitely there. But, yeah, I, I we ended up getting uh, chickens and we get eggs every damn day. I had no idea I, until I started seeing the memes on social media, uh, re, you know, like people showing eggs, you know, in plastic baggies, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like some kind of prized commodities. I had no idea that was going on because I don't need to buy eggs anymore. You know, I just get them for my chicken every chickens every day. Uh, but <laughs> it's in, that's awesome. Interesting time. Have have you had any? Any issues? It, it, it hasn't been hard. It's just the whole every now and then you got to deal with the whole uh, bumblefoot and and whatnot. Yeah, we've been really lucky. Um, we we haven't lost uh, a chicken yet. Um, you know, today was our day. We, you know, we went out and cleaned the coops. We have eighteen chickens, so we have three different coops for them. Uh, chickens are very much creatures of habit so when you when you introduce new chickens to the flock uh, you know they come to roll up to the house and the chickens are like gangsters like this is our yeah. crib find another place yeah so we have we have three different coops for them and but they all interact well now even with our dogs we can let them out in the backyard and we got about an acre and a half and they all just the dogs are used to them now so yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a blessing especially now um with the price of everything we feel like we're a little more self-reliant as far as that goes yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, we we treat our chickens like pets more. Than, oh, absolutely, we love than, them uh, than actual livestock. Yep. Uh, I always mess around though. I'm like, man, if that chicken gets out of hand, uh, I'm gonna have me a rotisserie <laughs> here. That's right. Kids get mad. <laughs> they don't appreciate that. Kind of uh, oh, joke. but we do do meat chickens twice a year. Yeah, we, we already. Yeah, we'll get our uh, meat birds in the end of March. They're about eight to ten weeks, and then we take them to our Amish friends down the road, and they butcher them for us for four dollars a piece. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, yeah. We got a little Amish community down here, and uh, in northern or um, it, out here in Sarasota, there's, there's, it's they've got their own like little. I guess they self segregated. They've their own little community. It's all Amish. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's. I mean, they're they're. You can tell they're Amish is just by their dress and their uh, sure. goatee. Their Abraham Lincoln style of <laughs> yep. facial hair uh good good folks though man hard work they're awesome industrious I, I just haven't been able to figure out like they they don't do or they don't really do cars they they bike around everywhere but they yep. have cell phones in their pockets like 
I, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make sense in my head but i don't know maybe they have a reason for it yeah they towed the lines like our guy he keeps because of their rules he has like a mailbox and then he has a box at the end of his property for his cell phone like he won't bring it on his property but he'll go out once or twice a day to check his cell phone so they very much like kind of toe the lines and they get yeah. get away with as much as they can but they're a very tight community well the um, Mennonites like when, are very similar to them as well yeah, they're a little more laid back. They use technology. I think they drive cars. They're like the light, Amish light, I call yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> they're the 3.3% beer as opposed to the, the, there the you hardcore. Go. Yeah, yeah. No, they're good folks, man. I mean, at the end of the Absolutely. day, everyone wants to live what they want to do and, and without yep. government encroachment. Told. Yeah, yeah exactly. for sure. Having having government dictate your, your every moves. Um, uh, I want. Can I touch on something real quick before I forget? Yeah, for sure, man. You were talking earlier about fear and patriotism. Somebody said a few months ago, and it really stuck with me, that patriotism is a hell of a drug. Um, and, and I thought, man, I was like, wow, you know, that's right. We we were told we have an obligation, this, that, and the other thing. And a lot of things they've been getting away with for all these years was under the guise of patriotism. Again, you go back to the Patriot Act itself, right? It was. It's funny how they use words, whether it's Obama's No Child Left Behind or the Patriot Act, uh, it, these type of things they use with kind words, which are really it's uh, extremely. Man. It, it, it's Orwellian. Exactly. It's a different yes. meaning than what it, what they actually intend to do. Right. And at this point, being a patriot is standing up against the tyranny, um, really, is what being a patriot's all about and calling out the wrongs. I've said that, you know, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, some people say, you know, hold up this document and say, you can't do this because this is and this. But at the same time, I think it's also we were given that as a, a responsibility for us to uphold it. And I don't think we as a whole are doing a very good job of doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit very, <laughs> very deep. And um, I guess when one of the ways to kind of keep it, keep it fresh and, and and remind people is to remind them what maybe I'm veering off a little bit different from a different subject, but very. Uh, Reminding people what 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 happened during the lockdowns, what happened during this COVID restrictions. That was another thing that you played um, fairly recently. Yes, kind of remind everybody. I don't like that stuff to be forgotten. Yeah, yeah. If we can go over some of the more insane um, scenarios that happened, because we we can't forget this shit, man. No, there's a lot of people that. Oh, you know, yeah, you know, that was a little crazy, but get over it. No, we can't get over it, man. Did you forget this person got their asses kicked for not wearing a cloth that didn't even work to begin with? You know, you know what I'm saying? So uh, some of the audio clips I had completely forgotten about and it, it definitely brought it home again for me. Uh, what were some of those um, clips? That you played? I, I lost my composure. I was actually here. Going through all these clips uh, from 2020, I had to go outside and take a walk at one point. I, You know, you had preachers getting arrested. I don't care if you're, quote, left or, quote, right. Um, anybody who endorses that. And one thing I have a real problem with, and this is what we're going to be tested with, whether it be the sheriffs, the police, the military in the very near future, is are you going to follow your moral compass or are you going to do it with your told? 
because you know i heard a lot of that when i was playing these clips these police officers and these sheriffs showing up to these churches in idaho and in canada and other places around the world and the first thing out of their mouth was listen i'm just doing what i was told well you know especially if you're a sheriff uh, or or i think as a police officer also you take an oath to protect the people how how are you protecting people when you're arresting preachers and you know that video still to this day shatters me this young lady i think she was 40 not young but um she got choked out in the hospital for not wearing a mask and she died security choked her out what in the hell are we thinking as as, as humanity what is going on yeah yeah you know that same week i was just in the audiobook consuming period I, I suppose but that you know right after i finished mein kampf volume one and volume two i read the narrative of frederick douglas frederick douglas was a former slave was yep. born into slavery mm -hmm. and he became a learned man and to hear his narrative of growing up and not having shit being treated as an animal as scum yeah. Yeah. being looked at and, and him telling his stories under this slave master under that slave you know what under this slave master he was a little cool but he was still owned you quote unquote that's right and it was super interesting um and again i could relate a lot of that story to our current time where shut up get the vax that's right you you're you, the unvac this is a epidemic of the unvaccinated we were treated as others a, a, as some kind of vermin when in reality this was bullshit that they concocted and they provided a treatment that didn't even work but we were the ones villainized for opposing their tyranny. Um, it, it's super, I guess, just looking at the, the humanity aspect, like you're saying, these law enforcers, I'm just doing my job. Yep. If you're doing something that you know is wrong, why are you still fucking doing it? That's right. hundred percent, man. And, and, and that was a troubling thing, you know, that's why it, it reminded me of, you know, the, the whole uh, Frederick Douglass book that I read. I mean, he was having slaves whoop his ass and he knew they were good. And when he asked him, why are you doing this? I, uh, this is just what I have to do. Really? You, you know what I'm saying? So some things never really change. And this is why we need to study history, even though some of the history we we find out could be distorted in parts here and there uh, we we have to try to learn and this whole anti-vax movement this is another thing that i've talked about but a lot of people think that being anti-vax is a new phenomena based out of covid 19 but very few realize that in the town of leicester england in the mid to late 1800s the people there saw what the vax was doing to their kids yeah 
and they held anti-vax rallies and the media shit on them the local newspapers painted them as anti-vaxxers as crazy fucks because they didn't want to get this poison that the government was pushing in uh so these are things that unless we take our own deep dives and, and we keep that fountain of knowledge going that we'll never know and, and we just go with the simple shit that they tell us and we accept it as gospel without doing any further research into it yeah and that's part of the reason i found it important to write this book i want to have a physical document to pass down to my children and, gr and grandchildren because 50 years from now the history books are going to simply say that there was a great pandemic and pfizer came along and saved the world that's what two three generations from now are going to believe um you know you look at eustace mullins book murder by injection uh that was a book that really was high opening and then uh, anybody can go to google and just type in pfizer criminal history and you'll see three point foot billions of dollars in fines listen to this one listen to this one out of every five pharmaceuticals that are put out are recalled within the first couple of years 20 percent and how anybody can watch a commercial and say side effects include stroke, shitting your liver, your toe falling off, but your hair will grow. Um, it just how anybody could mess with that stuff is beyond me. Um, and, and these people, again, we go back to accountability, uh, whether it's Johnson & Johnson, whether it's um, uh, Viox, that poor lady, Brandy Vaughn, who, um, you know, she quit her job and became a mouthpiece for, you know, against the pharmaceuticals. They killed her. Again, you go against the agenda, man. They're going to run over you. But it's going to take, you know, I consider her a patriot, somebody who quit her job and stood up against big pharmaceutical. Yeah. That, that took a lot of courage and conviction. Yeah, whistleblower. Did you see that clip of uh, these two gentlemen, you know, citizen reporters? if you will, that confronted the CEO of Pfizer. He was just recently. In, yeah. Like, no, they, he was and surprisingly, this son of a bitch wasn't surrounded by security, and, stuff. and security. Yeah. But they went up to him and they started asking him, when are you going to apologize to people? Because your product didn't work. How do you feel about making billions in revenue for something that didn't work? They were asking, they were hounding the crowd. Never once said anything. He's like, thank you. Of course. Thank you. And this is Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer? Uh, Albert, yep, yep. Albert Borla, yeah, they the, got the, his the ass. veterinarian. They got his ass. I need and to find that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's on my Twitter. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, sh I retweeted the cl uh, clip, but super, super interesting uh, to see how the big pharma is running things uh when you find out that they pay between three and five billion in advertising and this is after we already know that the government is pushing their product why do they need to spend three to five billion in advertising a year for something that's already been pushed by the government uh I don't know what's what what it's going to take to wake the rest of the masses, but I guess to wind things down, where where do you see things going? Do you see some things improving? Do you see people waking up, or do you think we just 
we to, to be quite honest with you, brother, I think I think they have a plan and it's coming one way or another. They obviously have taken, you know, you talk about the compression. I, I call it taking their foot off our throat for a little bit. We catch a breath and they put their foot back on it. Uh, I, I honestly believe this year you are going to see the tinderbox explode in Eastern Europe. I think that is the next play which will be followed by, uh, I think we're within two years of a digital dollar. So they'll be able to track every single cent and then social credit score by 2030. Damn. <laughs> have, have you followed at all the whole FTX scam? Yeah. Can you believe that guy is still walking around a free man? Well, when you see how close he was to the dnc the entire dnc yeah you're uh, right i, Ukraine, I should be surprised you, but zelinsky zelinsky <laughs> uh blackrock was a huge investor uh, yeah. as soon as i saw blackrock as an investor i was like oh shit i don't well you know blackrock was put in charge of the in 2008 the the guy is his name uh the guy the ceo of blackrock um he was the one the government tapped to kind of bring the country back together you know financially after the 2008 disaster so he's very much one of the players on the world stage as well yeah 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 uh i felt that whole ftx scandal was a psyop especially when i heard blackrock involved you're not gonna fool blackrock blackrock didn't lose any goddamn money if you believe that I've got some beachfront property in Iowa. <laughs> I'd like to sell you. You're not going to fool BlackRock. They run the show. No. They're, they're Larry the big Fink dogs. is his name. What's that? Larry Fink is his name. Larry Fink. Yeah. yeah. My, my gut feeling is that this was made to fail. FTX. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that they could. Oh yeah, Bitcoin is going to be decentralized. Like hell, it is. <laughs> and so you get something like that put all kinds of coverage on it you have your fall guys um all, all this salaciousness hey, you know what this is why we need to have government regulations on bitcoin and yep and, and so w this is why we need it's a to financial false flag it. there you go yeah yeah that was that was my whole idea on it i mean i could be off base but that it just seems so clear that that's that's exactly what was going on uh what say you regarding that it makes a lot of sense to me, 100%, because, again, their goal is to be able to track every single dime. And uh, very much like these new cars that are come out completely electronic, if they want to shut you off, they can shut you off. They want complete control. A social um, credit system, man. That's right. That's right. You come just like, uh, you know, I went against I did my podcast on BlackRock. Two days later, I was kicked off PayPal. So <laughs> I'm sure that was just a coincidence, though. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh... I don't know. I guess where I guess you know, kind of cap on it. Where do you see everything going? Um, what are tips that you would give uh, people? Uh, well, I, I would say that the, the advice I've been given for a while is just um, start at the community level. You know, a lot of people aren't really friendly with their neighbors. Uh, try to find like-minded people in your community. The internet's great. Uh, I'm sitting here in Delaware. I got Wheezy in Florida, and we have listeners, like-minded people all around the world listening to this podcast right now. Um, but w when the stuff hits the fan, you know, I may not be able to contact Wheezy or help each other out. It, it's you know, it's important that you find like-minded people in your neck of the woods so you can depend on. Uh, just start bartering services. 
uh, if you can. And uh, that way, if the stuff does hit the fan and there's a lot of food shortages and, um, you know, maybe there's some electric issues, you, you know who you can depend on, depending on what type of situation uh, that you're in. We have a lot of alternative energy here at our house, so we may be able to do certain things for, you know, that other people can't find, you know, people's strengths and weaknesses come together as a community. So, you know, if things do go sideways, uh, things might be a little more comfortable <clears throat> as against someone who may depend on everything at the grocery store and, you know, depends on the government for everything. Yeah, yeah, 100% with that. Well, my man, George Hobbs of the Fact Hunter podcast, where can people find you? What is the preferred method? And uh, if you want them to get a hold of you. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's uh, thefacthunter.com. Uh, my podcast is available on all um, podcast distributors, whether it's Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, we're on all of them. Um, but also, um, uh, I do ask people to go check out I hate the FBI.com. Go take a look at those people who were, um, you know, thought they were patriots and doing the right thing that are sitting in prisons all around this country um, and support Rudy Davis if you can. And just, uh, you know, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. And uh, I appreciate you. And if I decide to make the trip down there in March, Wheezy, uh, hopefully we can link up for a meal or something. We got to, man. If you're going to be down the road for me, <laughs> yeah, there'll be well, no excuse. We'll, we'll definitely that's have to right. it, man. Maybe we'll do a, a podcast from the beach. How's that? There you go. That sounds great. Yeah, Thanks man. so much for your time, man. It's always good to see you, brother. Yeah. Thank you for coming on, man. I, I always enjoy this, man. I, 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 I truly cherish your, your content, um, all the hard work you put in. I, I know you, you put in tons of work in getting all this stuff out, getting the truth out, letting people um, just explore their way through this crazy world and madness. So I, I truly appreciate you and I, and you know, I, I truly value you as a as a friend, as a human being, um, fellow fellow truth soldier, if you will. <laughs> so. As I do you, and I wish the best for you, your family, and uh, continued success with your podcast. And, you know, my thoughts and it sounds cheesy, but, you know, thoughts and prayers out to everybody around the world. And uh, hopefully we come out the other side uh, together uh, as one uh, people and uh, we can avoid uh, what they have planned for us. But I, I think we can. I think we can. Yeah, yeah, 100%. My man, George Hobbs of the Fact Hunter. Thank you very much. Hope you have a exquisite evening and um, and much love to you and your family. Stay safe, my friend. You too, brother. God bless you. And uh, we'll be in touch real soon, okay? Yes, sir. Right, take care. All right, y'all. That was my friend, Mr. George Hobbs. Truly appreciate him as a fellow podcaster. He puts on a lot of work, so be sure to check him out and uh, catch his work, catch his classic audio all that jazz much love everyone I hope you guys have a great weekend sending loves and kisses